football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, here we go with the final weekend of September. Can it be that way already? We already have had a month of college football. We're into week number four now of the NFL this weekend, and we're ready to dissect all of it, analyze it, and of course, woof, woof, go with the underdogs. I am your somewhat capable host, and we have got to get to a boatload of guests on this week's show uh, coming up shortly. The likes of Gary Seegers with me from the Winning Cures Everything a gambling podcast. He and Chris Giannini do a great job on Winning Cures. Gary will be here with some underdogs. We'll talk again with Mr. Tony, Tony Bruno, the Tony Bruno Show out of Philadelphia. The Eagles in the Thursday night game with the Green Bay Packers. He'll have thoughts on that. He'll obviously have some thoughts on the rest of the NFL weekend, so Tony Bruno a little bit later on coming up here on this podcast. Then we're going to have some fun. We go off the beaten path from time to time here on Three Dog Thursday, and if you're just finding us recently here, love to do this. This is our fifth year of doing the podcast. All kinds of different guests from all kinds of walks, including the world of professional wrestling. We're going to bring on Diamond Dallas Page. If you're a wrestling fan from the 1990s and the early 2000s, you definitely know DDP. Uh, DDP and the World Championship Wrestling and WWE days. Find out what he's up to nowadays, and he's a football fan as well. He's right in the Atlanta area, wants to talk a little bit about Georgia and Notre Dame. He's a Dallas Cowboys guy, so he'll have some football thoughts, and we'll talk to him a little more about what he's up to as well. And then some more gambling picks, some more underdog picks. Sean Green is here from the very popular sports gambling podcast, back with not one, not two, but three more underdogs uh, from Sean later on in the show i mentioned it's jam-packed lots of guests lots of analysis lots of underdog predictions throughout the show uh, again i do the tampa bay buccaneer games on the radio with mean gene deckerhoff and our former tight end dave moore on the bucks radio broadcast heartbreaking loss the coming out party for the giants and daniel jones the, the rookie first round pick from duke came at the expense of my buccaneers blowing what was an 18 point first half lead and the rookie kicker matt gay missing the field goal that could have won the game for the Bucs to put them at 2-1. and one. Uh, Headed out to Los Angeles this weekend, so instead it's a loss when game missed the kick. The Bucs have got to try to, to figure it all out, but I'm going to be talking about this with my guests. Is this a good spot for Tampa Bay getting 9.5 or 10 points as we come into Three Dog Thursday for the game at the Rams, at the Coliseum? The Rams off the win over the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night, 3-0, and the defending NFC champs. Are people taking the, the Buccaneers too lightly here to maybe be able to hang into this game? The Rams won't take them lightly, but uh, we'll wait to see if the Bucs can hang in. That's one of the games that we're obviously going to be talking about here on Three Dog Thursday, uh, as well as a couple of other intriguing ones in the NFL. One of the themes that I'm going to have, what about the Detroit Lions? What about the New Orleans Saints, both at home? Seemingly Kansas City and Dallas both rolling, both undefeated are both going to play great football on the, Rome in the, uh, on the road in the Dome environment. 
I, I don't know. It remains to be seen. So we'll talk about that a little bit with our guests, but I'm very intrigued to maybe take one of those teams as an underdog uh, for this weekend. So again, we have fun on this show, however you found it, uh, whether it's through Red Circle Podcasting, through social media, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go subscribe because this show will come automatically to you as soon as it's ready, as soon as it's done on Thursdays. I love talking underdogs here as part of Three Dog Thursday. So a bunch of great guests coming up, a bunch of underdog predictions coming up, lots of football talk uh, wherever you're hanging out uh, in any part of the country, from the Northeast to the to the um, upper Midwest, down in the South, uh, in the Southeastern part of the United States, the Far West, etc. Uh, we love talking underdogs and, and even worldwide. If you're listening to us outside of the U.S., if you found the podcast and you're just jonesing from some, uh, for some American football, uh, find us as part of the Three Dog Thursday uh, podcast as always and subscribe and the podcast will come right to you. Want to also mention, too, we got a great sponsor as part of Three Dog Thursday, Vivid Seats. If you're looking at going to any of these games this weekend uh, across the board, college football uh, and the NFL, whether uh, it's Alabama and Ole Miss that are playing in the SEC, the primetime game with Ohio State and, and Nebraska, Clemson and North Carolina swing all the way out west for some of these matchups like UCLA and Arizona. Uh, in the Pac-12, and on and on down the list. Uh, they, Our friends at Vivid Seats want you to know they've got great ticket selection, uh, great prices, customer service guarantee. Go to VividSeats.com. Go to the Vivid Seats mobile app. You know, I was just recently using uh, Vivid Seats to get some baseball playoff tickets. So whether you're talking about college football, the NFL, the baseball postseason that's about to crank up, the end of the regular season in baseballs this weekend, use that Vivid Seats mobile app. Folks, it took me less than five minutes to go on the mobile app, get signed up, and be able to pick the tickets for my game. So again, customer service is friendly. It's easy to use. And we've got something else for you. Use the promo code THURSDAY10 and take 10% off your initial order. If you're a first-time user of Vivid Seats, promo code THURSDAY10 for our Three Dog Thursday podcast, Thursday and the number 10, you'll take 10% off your order up to $50 first-time users. So download the Vivid Seats mobile app. Go get your selection for all these different games, the NFL games, whether you're talking Cowboys and Saints uh, in the Superdome, uh, the the Rams-Buccaneers game at the Coliseum, uh, on and on across uh, the NFL with all these different games. Uh, check them out. Thursday night game is Packers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, Monday night football, Steelers and, and Bengals, both 0-3, not so much. But any of these NFL games, Vivid Seats, the place to go. Promo code THURSDAY10. If you're a first-time user, you can take 10% off with the promo code THURSDAY10 up to $50. 10% off, off your order up to 50 bucks with our friends at Vivid Seats and their proud sponsors here on 3Dog Thursday. All right, with all of that going, let's get to the underdog predictions. Again, Gary Seeger's coming up here, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Later in the podcast, Tony Bruno of the Tony Bruno Show in Philly. Eagles and Packers. What kind of puncher's chance do the Eagles have on Thursday night football? Again, if you're listening after Thursday, you probably already know what they did or didn't do, but Tony Bruno's going to be here. Former pro wrestling great DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. He's also here to talk some football and what he's up to these days. And Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast, he's got underdog predictions as well. Let's get to our guests. Let's get to the doggies. Here we go. 
We are rolling along. It's the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. I must be better this week with the doggies, and I need some help. I've enlisted the help. The Winning Cures Everything podcast guys have been so good to me. And I got, look, I've got to utilize their knowledge, their input on the underdogs. Gary Seegers from Winning Cures is back with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. My friend, how are you? I've described it as an underdog bloodbath for the most part last week. If you had the underdogs, it was not good last week. How are you? And we're ready to go for this week. I am doing well. You were right about that. The uh, the underdogs did not uh, did not do so well for us last week. That's okay. I mean, there were a few spots that hit, but uh, yeah, nothing uh, nothing too crazy last week. I do feel like, uh, at least in my neck of the woods, my numbers are getting a little bit better. They are figuring out what side to take, where I need to uh, to roll. So I'm seeing some trends, and and I feel really good about it this week. I've, I've got some that I am. I am all in on And we should mention that on their show, they obviously are picking everything from favorites to under-over totals, those kind of things, on the Winning Cures Everything podcast. But I hone Gary and his partner Chris Giannini in on underdogs, obviously, for this one. And Gary Gary had a list like Santa Claus of underdogs this week. And I'm like, Gary, you, I only need three of them. We can pare it down. We're good. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get to those uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in a couple of moments. I want to ask you just real quick, off the cuff, about Notre Dame hanging in with Georgia. What did you make of that? What do you make of that moving forward? Does it say more about Notre Dame? Does it say more about Georgia playing tight in a huge national TV spot, primetime game like that? What what did you make of that real quick? Well, I, I took it as Notre Dame is figuring out how they need to play with, with the big boys, right? You, you can't do the same thing over and over again. I commend Brian Kelly for changing up his game plan and finding a way to stay in the ballgame. Now, with Georgia, I have never been able to understand what Kirby Smart is doing and why he won't unleash all that talent that he has. They they play so tight to the vest, and it, this is basically the Nick Saban offense from the early 2010s, right? 2011, 2012, uh, where he didn't necessarily trust his quarterback. He didn't think that it, it's the Bear Bryant method right when you throw the football there's only three things that can happen and two of them are bad (laughs) so you know and i think that's the the same mentality that he's got but he does have you know a new offensive coordinator he does have a new defensive coordinator Uh, more so he feels like he's got the best players on the field every week so if you limit the mistakes if you limit the risks you're probably going to win the majority of your ball games, and I think that's what he did with Notre Dame. So I, I had questioned him beforehand about, you know, why would you kick a field goal on fourth and one when you have a chance to knock that out and go in and get a touchdown, right? And this was late in the game, and it was a chance to go up by 13 as opposed to going up by 17, which would have made it a three-score game. But when you actually go back and look at it and you and you really think about the situation, he had a chance there to extend that game to where Notre Dame would need more than a field goal to tie at the end of the game. And Notre Dame had only scored one touchdown in, however, 50 minutes of play at that point. Right. So he thought that his defense could stop them and keep them from scoring two touchdowns to beat them, and he was right. So in that aspect, when I actually go back and look at it, you know, I get on these coaches for not being aggressive enough. Sometimes you just got to know when to be conservative and when, when, when not to, really. 
And their defense, as you mentioned, had held them throughout the game. Then they gave up a late touchdown and made it interesting. And of course, if you had Notre Dame as the underdog, you were loving that. And the ultimate outcome is you want to win the game with all the emotion and all the hype that was around it with Notre Dame being there. They were talking about this being the craziest primetime game, maybe the toughest ticket ever in Athens. Uh, but they their objective was win. They did. Now they go into the meat of the SEC schedule, and that's, and that's going to be a heavyweight fight over and over and over again. We'll see what happens there uh, for Georgia. Uh, all right, so let's turn our attention to a couple of underdogs that you like in college, then we'll have a little NFL conversation as well. Where do you want to begin, Gary, with a college football underdog? Let's move over to the Big 12. Now, we just talked about two national title contenders. Now we're going to talk about two that have no chance of a national title. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to actually talk about the uh, the fighting Les Miles. The, mm. uh, the Kansas Jayhawks going to TCU. Look, I, I don't know if you realize this. Everybody just seems to think that TCU just handles Kansas every year. Since they started playing, remember the Big 12 was reorganized back in 2012. That's when TCU joined the conference. They right. and Kansas play every year. They ever since then, Kansas is six and one against the spread against TCU. Kansas actually won the game last year, so this is not something that uh, the TCU fans should take for granted. Here, I think Les Miles is is the perfect coach to be able to coach against Gary Patterson. Uh, he does not coach a a typical Big 12 offense, a typical Big 12 defense. No, Kansas is not super talented, but this is a team that can run the football. When they went to Boston College, they figured out a couple of things about themselves. They played well against West Virginia last week. They didn't get the win. Well, yeah, Chris, if I I interject, Chris and I both had Kansas last week, and they just could not get over the hump. Give Neil Brown's team credit coming into Lawrence uh, because they kept them at bay for a lot of that game. And now you believe it's a lot of points. You believe they're going to rise up against a TCU team that is smarting their cross uh, town, cross, cross area rival SMU came in to Amon Carter Stadium and beat them last week. So you believe revenge for TCU will not be enough here that Kansas will hang with them is what I'm hearing you say. That is correct. I, uh, I think that TCU has a turnover problem. I think that this will be the perfect game for TCU and for Kansas. This will be low scoring. They will limit the possessions. 16 points is way too many for right now. I like Kansas to cover this 16. I don't know that they'll win the game. I think there is a chance of that, depending on whether or not TCU turns the football over enough. But I think that Kansas, with Puka Williams back and this team actually getting a little confidence about itself, I think they could go in and maybe make some noise down in uh, down in DFW. All right, there you go. He likes Kansas. Uh, the other one that you like is an ACC game involving the team that Kansas beat a couple of weeks ago, Boston College, BC, Wake Forest. Give me the lowdown on this underdog. Now, I do think that people are still looking at that Boston College-Kansas game as you know, what is wrong with Boston College? They've got problems. They've got, look, nothing is wrong with Boston College. They ran up against a, a buzzsaw, a team that was absolutely foaming at the mouth to get a win. And sometimes those things just happen. I think Boston College is still a really good team. They have had a ton of success against Wake Forest. It, it seems to be a, 
a back and forth thing every year. Uh, Boston College with with Dylan and yep. their quarterback Brown, they have got some serious talent. Wake Forest, not a great defensive team. I think this is the kind of game that will come down to maybe whoever has the ball last. And in that situation, I like the fact that I'm getting a full touchdown here. Boston College at home, look, they are going to want to defend their home base as much as humanly possible. I think that they can actually win this ball game. I'm taking Boston College at plus seven here. Right, give me the, the Steve Adagios here. I'm, I'm all over it. I love that. Uh, again, for uh, for BC, a home opportunity as an underdog that significantly. We'll see if that works. That's the voice of Gary Seegers with me, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Uh, you can find them wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. They also have a great simulcast of their show on YouTube. Just look it up under Winning Cures Everything on social media as well, at Winning Cures. He and Chris Giannini do a great job of picking all the college and the NFL games uh, on the docket. You got you guys go through, just real quick, Gary, probably about 20 predictions between both of you in college and pick probably a good 10 NFL games every week with your analysis and your insight, right? Typically, yeah, it's uh, we, we do quite a few more college games. Obviously, there's more to choose from. You've got uh, anywhere from 45 to, you know, in the 50s uh, for college football games. But in the NFL, you, the most you're going to have every week is 16. We kind of limit that down. Sometimes Chris and I like the same stuff. Sometimes we go head-to-head. It, it just all depends. But, yeah, typically about 10 games uh, that we run through in the NFL and about 15 to 20 and sometimes more than that in college football. Love it. You can find out more winningcureseverything.com, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Uh, Gary with us for a few more moments. I'll get an NFL underdog with him. Right after he gives me a quick answer, give me a 30-second answer. I like UCLA off that amazing track meet comeback uh, to defeat Washington State last week. Uh, Gary, I've been watching college football, covering college football for 40 years. I cannot ever recollect a team being down 49-17 midway through the third quarter, roaring back to win. Now UCLA, after that amazing offensive display, plays at Arizona. Do you want to talk me out of uh, UCLA getting points at Arizona? I think they can maybe win this game. Uh, You want to talk me out of that real quick? Well, I will tell you this. UCLA, not very good as far as the numbers go, right? Uh, I do like UCLA here, but I I think I may stay away from it until I see them prove it to me again. Right. Arizona, number three total offense in the country. They are number six in turnover margin. They have been taking care of the ball extremely well. They're number seven in, uh, in yards per play. UCLA, still like around 100 in yards per play. They don't take care of the football. They're number 82 in turnover margin, and they're number 114 in scoring margin. Like they're, they're still not a finished product, but last week you could see when, when everything just flipped and they got their confidence about them, they figured some things out. I don't think Arizona is going to give them the football as much as Washington State did, and that definitely opened up some easy scoring opportunities. But, I mean, you, you can't deny that there is talent over in Westwood, so I I do think that UCLA has a chance to pull this upset, and the fact that you're getting a full touchdown and a hook here, I, yeah, I, I would probably take that. 
All right. Interesting. And again, I'll be out in Los Angeles with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I'll, I'll be like cheering for UCLA if I end up taking this one in a late night game, <laughs> primetime game in Pac-12 country. NFL, I know you got to run here in a couple of moments. We do too. NFL, what underdog stands out to you this week as we've begun to understand some things now three weeks in? Where are you going for an underdog this week for Three Dog Thursday, Gary? I am going to roll to the Motor City. Mm. I like the Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs going on the road. All four of their losses in the regular season last year were on the road. I think that this Lions team is legit. They came out and they were mad about the the tie that they got in week one with the Cardinals, and they should have been. They absolutely had that game wrapped up. If they finish that game out, this is a 3-0 team at home being completely disrespected. As it stands, they're 2-0-1, still undefeated. But this is a real team. Matt Patricia has figured this thing out. I think Matt Stafford is going to have some, some serious chances to score a lot of points on this Chiefs defense. I don't think the defense for the Chiefs is great by any stretch of the imagination. I think Kerryon Johnson has success on the ground, and that's the, the biggest spot where you can get the Chiefs is running the football right at them. And I think that the Lions can do that. They've got a big, bruising offensive line. They've got a stout defensive line. I think they can make uh, Patrick Mahomes confused. And, and in that spot, you know, even if they don't win the game, I'm getting a full touchdown at home in a noon kick. I'm all over that. Matt Patricia and this defense are going to rise up here. Give me the lines. I'm going to sprinkle a little money line action on this one. Uh, but yeah, especially with that uh, – with that seven points there, I'll take that cushion all day. Give me the Lions plus seven. Well, and one of the things I talked about on your show, the Cowboys have looked so good at 3-0 and playing at the Saints, who are getting points at home. The, the Chiefs have looked darn near unstoppable on offense. Now on the road, the Lions getting points. One of those teams, and maybe it's both of them, Gary. This is just how it evens out in the NFL. Seen it too many times for too long. One of those teams is going to play poorly. Turnover, something's going to happen. Uh, and it's going to set up the home team, and you're banking on it's the Lions that get Mahomes to maybe throw a couple of interceptions. The Chiefs probably get a couple of touchdowns no matter what, might score 20 points no matter what, but you're liking the Lions there, and I can see where that one comes through on Three Dog Thursday. I can also see what these guys do every week. They got their show uh, not only on podcast form at Winning Cures Everything, but also simulcast on YouTube. They can subscribe on YouTube. Gary, tell them more about where they can find out about you and Chris, your picks, and your show. Go. Absolutely. WinningCuresEverything.com. It's got everything that you need right there. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on YouTube. And any of your favorite podcast apps, uh, we we do it weekly. And it's not just a, a weekly thing. It is literally every day we've got something going up on the website, on the YouTube page, on the podcast, etc. We uh, We keep the content rolling out. We This isn't our full job our main job, but it is a hobby that we really, really thoroughly enjoy, and we keep that stuff pumping out. So uh, so go check it out over at winningcureseverything.com. You can get us on Twitter at winningcures if you want to hit us up, ask us a few questions. TJ, you are fantastic, man. We really do appreciate you having us in every week. And I love being on with these guys. Again, check out the simulcast of the podcast on YouTube. Gary and Chris do a great job. 
Uh, Giannini is still smarting from his Cleveland Browns. He was in the house Sunday night in Cleveland, and he couldn't get a win. The Rams beat him. I will try to make sure my Buccaneers pay the Rams back for him. I'm headed out to L.A. with the Bucks and the Rams. <laughs> my Buccaneers getting 9.5 or 10 points. That's a very juicy underdog for this week. We'll see on the underdogs. But good luck, Gary, with Kansas and Boston College on Saturday in the college underdogs and the Lions on Sunday for Three Dog Thursday. And everybody, go hit them up at winningcureseverything.com and the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Gary Seegers, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. All right, he's back, back by popular demand. Mr. Thursday Night, am I to understand that even though we've only had three weeks of Thursday Night Football, you're like 11-0 on Thursday Night, Mr. Tony Bruno of the Tony Bruno Show. Is that possible, Mr. Thursday Night? Welcome in. Hello. Hello, but it's not, it's not possible, but I'm 4-0, and <laughs> and people are questioning 4-0 and when it's documented on my website, TonyBrunoShow.com, and on ThePropsNetwork.com. So it's documented every week. These aren't made up. I don't throw stuff out there. I have facts to back up the thing. And the reason there's only been three games on one of the games, I believe it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right. that pick that I called. I also bet the under. So that's two wins in one night. Therefore, that's how you get 4-0 and from only three games. And that but is I, I why. The over. I don't do the over-unders. I don't play those every week, but only when it's talking to me. That's when I say, <laughs> I'm going to take the under or over also. And that is why he is Mr. Thursday Night, ladies and gentlemen. So that kind of leads us into the Eagles and the Packers. Uh, We have talked previously with you about uh, injury problems across the NFL. The Eagles beset by injuries at the receiver position. You want to confirm here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, you are not lining up at wideout at Lambeau Field Thursday night for Carson Wentz. You would if called upon, but at this point, you are not lining up to play receiver and catch passes, correct? I could if available, I, although there aren't many direct flights to Green Bay, <laughs> Philadelphia, at, at this time of the week. This is too, you know, it's late yeah. notice. Yeah. Although I could, and my hands, much like Freddie Mitchell once said, my hands have been very good to me. <laughs> and I know that I could make routine catches at any level, whether it's with the little kids at Pop Warner, whether it's with the college athletes throwing the football around on a Saturday afternoon, the student athletes, of course, or whether it's with professionals. I have had professional quarterbacks like... Bill Sims and Joe Theismann throw passes to me inside cubicle areas, and I have dove over <laughs> cubicles to make unbelievable catches. And you can call Joe Theismann or Bill Sims and ask them to confirm that story. It is a fact. The athletic ability in office space of Tony Bruno is legendary as he's part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Do we like the Eagles here, Mr. Thursday night, to have a shot against the unbeaten pack and Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field and all the all the buildup and the drama? What kind of shot do we give the Eagles in this one? I give them a double shot, but that's not double shot Thursday. Actually, it is in a lot of radio stations, but uh, no, they got a shot, you know, because nobody's counting them in. Everybody figures the way they played they haven't been able their, – their offensive line hasn't really been able to get the run game going, and they have a guy's hurt. And then Carson Wentz isn't getting a lot of protection, so he's running around, and he's got wide receivers that can't get open. And when they do, they don't catch the football, and their defensive line only has two sacks in the first three weeks, which, by the way, I checked it. This is the first time in Philadelphia Eagles history that they've gone three weeks of the season without a sack. So you got Fletcher Cox is not 100%. He's got the foot issue coming off surgery. So he's not the normal Fletcher Cox who could take over a game. So they don't, have, they, don't, they don't get any 
pressure on the quarterback, and you're going against Aaron Rodgers, who can move around better than probably anybody and buy a couple of extra seconds. And so, to me, the mismatch doesn't that the the matchup doesn't look good on either side of the ball, and particularly since the Packers' defense is playing so much better now. I mean, they have 12 sacks, eight takeaways already in their first three games, and the Eagles have two sacks and I believe three takeaways, and that was all in the first game on the on the Washington Redskins game where the Eagles fell behind and had to rally back to win. And also the Eagles in their first three games have fallen behind every single time having to play catch-up. If they have to do that against uh, against Aaron Rodgers, they got to put the catch-up back in the bottle and start from scratch the following week when they come back to play the Detroit Lions. Mm. Voice of Tony Bruno with me for a few more moments on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Again, you may be listening to us and you already know later in the weekend how the Eagles did or didn't do with the Packers. Uh, Speaking of benevolence and helping others, you knew that we were going to get to this. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, against the New York Giants last weekend and Daniel Jones, uh, the rookie sixth overall pick of the Giants, uh, played brilliantly. I mean, Tony, I was there at field level, and you got to give him a lot of credit. You can talk about Buccaneer defense unraveling. You can talk about the missed field goal, which we have on your show by the rookie kicker, Matt Gay. But they don't win that game if Daniel Jones did not man up. He took some sacks, took some hits, played great football. I know it's begrudging to credit the Giants or the Redskins or the Cowboys if you're in and around Philadelphia, but how much credit do you give Jones for the for the comeback by the Giants and the win? I, I, I don't care about who it is. If the team plays well, Daniel Jones played superbly. No quarterback in Giants history has ever done that in his first start. None of them. Not Eli with two Super Bowl rings. Not Bill Simms right. with two Super Bowl teams. Nobody in their history. Not Danny Cannell. Not any of those guys. <laughs> not Dave Brown. Another <laughs> so this kid, not only did this kid go out there and throw the football well and found open receivers and put the ball where it had to be, he ran in for two touchdowns, including the one that was the game winner, yep. but shouldn't have been the game winner. And, and that, of course, is because of the situation where the Buccaneers field goal kicker missed what should have been a game-winning field goal. But you got to give the Giants credit. You put them in a position to win. And even if they didn't win, even if Gay makes the field goal, do you think people in New York would be saying, oh, man, so close. He's still not good enough. He's not the answer. So now we go the other way in New York, in the New York media, which permeates the entire nation. It's sort of like Boston and New York fans pretty much run the sports media, especially on the East Coast, because, you know, there's a lot of New York fans and there's a lot of Boston fans because they're front runners. But like I told you, like I told you, I was around the New York media prior to that game and they had half, if not most of their obituary stories about the Giants season. They're going to be 0-3. It's another awful draft pick to draft uh, Daniel Jones. They had those written before the game and they had to do the rewrite. They had to do the edit. They had to change the script, the scenario, because he played well. What I say to you, Mighty One, is does this sustain? Can Daniel Jones sustain it? They have the Redskins at home this weekend. We don't know this while we're talking right now, but Washington might start their rookie QB, Dwayne Haskins here from Ohio State. Can Jones sustain this in the short term? What is the prediction? Well, without Saquon Barkley, I mean, the the advantage is Daniel Jones looks good. He's big. He's strong. He obviously can move around better than Eli. But the bad news is he doesn't have maybe the best running back in football helping him. Same thing with going on with Carson Wentz. He has no running game. Therefore, the pressure's all in to throw. And so Washington is 0-4. Case Keenum is in a walking boot, according to the latest information from D.C. And so they're probably going to make a change at quarterback. 
a quarterback who's mobile and can move around. And let's be honest, Washington's in a, in a desperation 0-3 situation. They're going into New York where everybody's all excited about the Giants without, uh, you know, with the quarterback. And these kinds of games are the ones that everybody thinks, well, the Giants got that quarterback, they're going to win, and Washington's going to drop to 0-4. Is that going to happen? I, I say no. I'm going to take the Redskins Ooh. again. And you know me. I don't, I'm not a guy who picks either one of you. I don't, I don't follow either team. I know both teams, but it's like the other night when I made a mistake and took Washington against the Bears. I just wanted to see Mitch Trubisky prove to me that he can actually throw and score the football before I was willing to make a pick on him, and he did that in the second quarter with three touchdown passes. Now, you know, the Bears' defense is phenomenal, but I think Washington in a desperate situation in an NFC East game will go up to the Meadowlands where, oh, by the way, the New York teams haven't exactly been lighting it up against anybody. <laughs> and so I think now the pressure will switch back to the Giants at home, slight favorite division rivalry game. I look for Washington to go in there and steal one, and the Saquon Barkley absence will raise its ugly head and bring the Giant fans back down to reality. I love this. Another moment or two with Tony Bruno here. It's part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast, and you can find Tony Bruno at TonyBruno.com. Bruno Nation live on Twitch, the show on Twitch. You can also find it on YouTube uh, as well with Bruno Nation live. Love his insight. So my Buccaneers lose that heartbreaker to the Giants. They now swing all the way out to Los Angeles. I'm headed to L.A. I'm headed to Tinseltown. Uh, get a latte in the convertible and get ready to go play the Rams, who are 3-0. and No one is giving the Buccaneers much of a shot at all. Nine or ten point underdog. Is this a situation, though, where a lot of people wrote them off because of the loss to the Giants, and they may hang in or have a chance to win this game with the Rams? Tony, what do you think? I, I, you, know, you look at this Tampa team, I mean, they look horrible in one game. Everybody wanted to run the quarterback out after that game that they lost, but he actually played pretty well in that one game, and then he threw a couple of interceptions late, and everybody in Tampa, by the way, was going crazy about, oh, this guy's not a starting quarterback. Oh, he, we've seen enough. We've seen enough of him. And then he comes back and plays well. And then he plays well again, and they, they, it wasn't his fault that their kicker didn't make a field goal to win a game. And so I'm up and down on the quarterback, but right. I think he still has the capability. You know, he's got Mike Evans. He's got one of the great receivers in the league. They can move the ball around. But the Rams, as, as, even though the Rams haven't looked super-duper, they're still 3-0, and and they also still have the best defensive lineman in football in Aaron Donald. So unless they can block and, and protect Jameis Winston, I, I mean, I can't see them beating the Giants. I can see them keeping it close. I just don't see out there in L.A. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Giants. I mean, it's 9.5 points. Yeah, if it, you were to put, uh, I wouldn't say a gun to my head because we can't say that anymore. That would be like implied violence. <laughs> so nobody does guns to their heads anymore unless you owe a bookie or the mafia like five, $6,000. Then you would have a gun put to your head. But I don't encourage doing uh, business with all these criminal mafioso types <laughs> and having to pay ridiculous amounts of money. The big. Penalties and fines. The big. Not just the big. I'm talking about, hey, I'm down three grand, Vinny. Can you let me off the hook? I'll have it for you next uh, week. Hell no. You, I want six grand next week, sucker. You no, are. Not. That's why you got the fan duels and the DraftKings. You got legal ways to bet. Don't bet with criminal, illegal mafioso types. I and love... That's my, 
That's my tip for the day. That is the Tony Bruno Three Dog Thursday PSA message. And I love the phrase implied violence because for the Miami Dolphins, who may not win a game this year, who may not even take the lead in a game this year, they've played three games and scored one touchdown. Like the uh, the name of the video, the, the highlight video or the media guide for, 19, for 2019 should be implied violence. The, it's the story of the Miami Dolphins because it's only implied. They're bringing no violence. Uh, this no. year, the Dolphins, uh, if they can. So, all right, we'll see how the underdogs go. Again, encourage the audience. How do they find you? Where do they find you? TonyBrunoShow.com, right? And you're on Twitch, right, my friend? At twitch.tv slash Live. I mean, there's pretty much no way that you can avoid this show. It will be force-fed <laughs> to your homes. That will have special satellite signals beaming into every home in the next couple of months to make sure that no one on this planet is deprived of the opportunity to listen to this brilliance every single weekday. Yes, every weekday afternoon, live on Twitch. You can also find the show if you miss it live during the day. You can find it on YouTube. It's also archived on Twitch. They can go to TonyBrunoShow.com and find out Follow more. My show. First of all, go to Twitch. Download Twitch.tv. Yep, yep. That's the first step. Download it. Everybody's on Twitch. So you go there, and then if you have Amazon Prime, you get the show for free. You can't beat that with a stick. Absolutely. Following it is free. Downloading it is free. Uh, Subscribing, that's where you get the bonuses. That's where you get all the little juicy stuff behind the scenes, (laughs) the nudity and all the other stuff (laughs) that you can't get anywhere else. Who's nudity? I I don't want to know who's nudity. Don't answer that. I take my shirt off every once in a while. (laughs) You know, whatever the audience wants. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. (laughs) Do what you want me to do. Oh, it's the great Tina Turner from back in the day. Oh, what's love got to do with it? Okay, so the Tony Bruno Show, TonyBrunoShow.com. Tony Bruno Show is Bruno Nation live on Twitch. Good luck. We'll see what the Eagles do on Thursday night. Again, you may be listening later in the weekend. He likes the Redskins against the Giants. Will my Buccaneers hang in with the Rams? We'll find out. Tony, thank you. A treat as always, my friend. Keep up the good work. Thank you, DJ. Reminder again, Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Great selection for all the college and NFL football this weekend, baseball, whatever, any event that's out there, they've got it on Vivid Seats. And again, you can save up to 10% if you're a first-time user with the promo code THURSDAY10, a special promo code for this podcast for Three Dog Thursday. Use the promo code THURSDAY10, 10% off your initial order. If you're a first-time user of Vivid Seats on the mobile app, or on vividseats.com, 10% off with the promo code THURSDAY10, up to $50. First-time users, again, great customer service. It's easy to sign up, and you get 10% off with the promo code THURSDAY10, up to 50 bucks. Do it now with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Oh, yeah. Been looking forward to catching back up with this man, and I I finally was able to track him down. He is busy. He's all over the place. Love the self-high-five of Diamond Dallas Page of WWE and WCW fame. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Uh, you and I were around each other at the college football playoff championship game about a year and a half ago. Got to meet you then. I said, I love me some DDP. And here you are on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Good to have you, my friend. <laughs> you know, it was that 
you, you don't know this, but you might remember my voice was super scraggly. Right. Got that over, over that period when we did our last interview. And what happened was I went on a tear. For, I put a new book out called Positively Unstoppable that broke uh, on the first week of January, you know, the art of owning it. So I was out promoting that going into December and into January when LA, New York did all the trips and stuff, came back, had a million dollar um, positively unstoppable um, transformation challenge that was for people's, you know, their, their, their body and their mind. And, you know, we, we got our two, we're down to, we almost got our two finalists right now. And, but I would, but that was the big kickoff. And then we signed a partnership. My DDP yoga program start signed a partnership with the NFL alumni. So, I mean, that all happened on, um, <laughs> Super Bowl week in my hometown of Atlanta. And my point is, is that during, I had done so many interviews and my throat's been bad. For, for years, but I pushed it to a level that I'd never pushed it before. And I had to go in and get a prednisone shot from my ENT, ears, nose, and throat doctor. And he was like, you should rest that voice. I go, I can't doc. I'm in the middle of all this stuff. And then on my second day of radio row, and I was there for five days. You saw me all over <laughs> right, everybody. Right. Uh, I probably did 70 interviews just there. Oh. You know, it was crazy. Plus I did, you know, went and did stuff outside of radio row and podcasts and all this stuff. And my voice was getting so bad by the second day, I had to go in and get another shot. Now I didn't really think about it, but it was the equivalent of here, doc, shoot my knee up and put me back in the game. Well, anybody who does that, that's their last game. You know, and it happened over and over again back in the seventies <laughs> and eighties and even nineties, you know, uh, today they don't do that, but, uh, I did it to myself because it was just such a big opportunity to get the word about, about our DDPY program and how we're working with the NFL alumni. I did all the parties. I was at Ray Lewis's party. I was at uh, Gary B's party. I was everywhere. Now I didn't drink because if I did, I'm afraid I was going to die. I mean, that's, that's how bad my throat was. <laughs> and the bottom line is the day after the Super Bowl, I completely lost my voice for what would become seven weeks. I, I, I did not know this. You could not talk above a whisper. You were now hand signals, writing things down. What were you doing? I, I, it was crazy. I, I started working with a couple of the of the NFL alumni guys. One, one is Jerry Ostrowski, who played everything from center guard and tackle for the Bills for ten years in the NFL, and um, did everything with Jerry on text. And today, Jerry's down seventy pounds from four hundred forty-three pounds. And Jerry's a man mountain. I mean, he's six four, and he's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. You know, and he's six four, but he's it's everything about him. He's just huge. And so he'll never be under three forty probably. But he's down to three seventy right now. He looks great, but at three seventy, believe it or not, he looks phenomenal. But um he uh he started with my chair workouts, like he couldn't he couldn't do anything. So I stuck him in the chair and then moved him to using the chair, you know, and to help build strength. And now he's doing my double black diamond workouts, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> so everything came by texting, bro. 
everything because I had no voice. And as it turns out, I, I, my voice sounds pretty decent right now, but the right side of my vocal cords is 100% paralyzed. Oh. And the left side is 40%. So really, I'm speaking with like a quarter of a voice. You you and, uh, are you are toughing it out to talk. I now feel bad that I've been bothering you. No wonder you're fine with texting, but you're not so fine with talking. But I appreciate you toughing it out, DDP. Uh, well, we'll hear. We'll, you know, we won't go long. I, mean, I haven't done a you know uh, an interview in a while, so yeah, I, I keep them limited. But I, you, you stepped in under the curtain. Bro. I did. You got, I you did. Got to me at the right time. I got. To, I got in under the wire at the right time. All right. So I got to talk a little football. Then I got to let you plug DDP Yoga one more time. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and Notre Dame played a knockdown dragout game. I was frankly shocked. Most people were that Notre Dame hung in. I thought Georgia might blow them out. What do we make of that? I've asked another guest that same kind of question already on this podcast. Do we credit more Notre Dame? Or what do we think of Georgia that they couldn't put them away until the very end, DDP? What do we make of the Bulldogs? You know, I, well, when you see Notre Dame go up 7 nothing in, in the beginning of that game, you know, like, whoa, what the hell happened there? <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think it's like anything, you know, uh, so many times, you know, if, if they're playing Clemson or Alabama, they might have had a completely different mindset, you know. Sure. And and and, and Notre Dame, and that's a, that's um, they've been. I live in Georgia. They've been hyping that game for two weeks, you know. Like that's a big. Even though it's not, you know, Georgia, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. Think of. I mean, it's, it's kind of like being Ric Flair. Ric Flair had a huge, you know, <laughs> angle with everyone. Um, but when you're on top like that, you know, you, you tend to. And, uh, you know, I think it speaks volumes for, you know, Notre Dame. And, you know, so many times they get into that final four and then they get and they might have been, you know, undefeated or had one loss or whatever, you know, and then they get blown out, you know. You know, so this year, you know, who knows? You know, I, I was watching ESPN and, you know, they were saying, you know, just what I was thinking, like, you got to give them serious consideration if they go undefeated the rest of the year, you know, coming into that, you know, will they make that final four? Because, you know, right. it's easy just to get nudged out of Because that. theoretically, um, that would be a, a, a acceptable loss on the road against another team, Georgia, that might be in the final four with you. So I can understand that well, from the Notre Dame standpoint. Well, right? think, about, think, of, think about, you know, when Georgia beat Alabama and they still got it. It would be the same thing. <laughs> right, right. Alabama yeah, it, still it, it, right, it right. would be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they won it all. <laughs> you know? And then Alabama won um, the whole thing, even even while yeah, losing to Georgia they, they the first time. All. all they do is 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 right. want to get in. Are we headed in college football for Clemson, Alabama, ultimately again? That's part A. And part B, is this getting bad for college football? Are we getting fatigued that it's the same two teams over and over and over again? Are we headed for it, and is it a bad thing? I don't think it's a good thing. You know, um, they're going to be strong no matter what. They've got incredible coaching. But, you know, when, when, you, when you think about coming there as a player, there's so much, like, it's the perks coming in. Like, you go to some of these smaller schools, they ain't got anything. You know, so you go to one of the bigger schools, and you're not even going to play, but you get all the perks. You know, and, and I, maybe I think I'm good enough to play. You know, when you end up being on the third string. 
<laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it's just being a part of, you know, the spectacle. So, you know, to me, it's going to be really tough to knock those guys off their perch, mainly because how many NFL players? I was just watching, was it Monday Night Football I was watching the night? There was 12 Alabama guys there. I think the number I, I think the number for Nick Saban drafted in the first or the second round since he got to Alabama of roughly twelve years ago, the number is now up over forty four zero players drafted in the first or second round. They have almost become like an NFL farm team at Alabama. And Clemson's not far behind. It's crazy. That's your point. No, no. And that, that is the point. So where do you go? You know, you, you know, you look at something like I, I love Cam Newton's career where he went to Florida, you know, didn't get the break. They didn't see it in him. And then he went back down to the junior college, won the national championship and then came to Auburn, won the national championship. I mean, that's how he went like in, in the spot that he did. Like sometimes you got to take a couple steps back to take the steps forward. And, uh, you know, I mean, college, I would rather watch, you know, college football than I would the pros because, you know, just the, you know, it's kind of like wrestling and AEW, you know, is, you know, which is Cody Rhodes. Uh, he's executive producer, which is Dusty Rhodes' son and Cody without Dusty Rhodes, there is no diamond Dallas page. You know, he gave me every break in the early in my career that meant a lot. And he was like my brother and my friend and my mentor. So I, you know, I help Cody wherever I can, but these guys, these guys got their own show going to be on TNT right. at Wednesdays at eight o'clock, starting October 2nd. And Vince put the NXT against them and they already started, you know, with their Wednesday night show. So it's going to be like a Wednesday night war type of thing with wrestling again. But my point is the AEW fans are ravenous. <laughs> like if you watch if you watch a WWE show right now, if you watch Raw, you watch SmackDown, you know, if the main guys are out there, you'll see some people, you know, getting into it pretty big time. But if it's not, they're sitting on their hands. You know, and you know, unless there there's something big that's happening. The AEW fans, and that's what people are gonna see if the if the way they shoot it because it all comes down to how they shoot the, you know, the crowd while they're doing it. But the crowd's the third person in the ring. Like, they're crazy. That reminds me of college sports, whether yep. it's basketball or football. You know, the, the, these fans, they're ravenous. And their kids, are, they're so, like, would die for their team almost. You know, they're, they're so, they're so uh, you know, they're so into what's happening in their school. Yeah, I mean, and especially in the know, South. It just makes it fun to watch. No doubt. And in the South, it's almost like religion. They've grown up with it. Their fathers, their their mothers, their grandfathers, yeah. their grandmothers yeah. wrote, rooted for it and, and passed it on to them. I know I only got you for a few moments uh, left. Uh, you said to me before we began this officially, you got to ask me about the Cowboys. Cowboys off to the three and O start, playing at the Saints on Sunday Night Football. Tell me more about the Cowboys here. What do you see? It's early, but what do you see? Well, you know, for starters, you know, just the way everything went down, you know, with the signing, like guys coming in late, and <laughs> you know, for you know, holding out for the money, and can't blame them because you know, there's only so long 
that these players get to actually play. You know, it, it, it isn't like, you know, baseball, you know, or even soccer. They get to play. They have a pretty long career. Football players don't have a long career. And in college, they're, I'm talking about in the pros. But in college, you know, getting up there, you got to get through college to get to the pros. And, and what Dax has done, man, I mean, he has stepped it up at a different level. And you could see, like, the – the early beginnings of this guy's really got something. A lot of people didn't think so, but you know, my name is Dallas page. It was a nickname Dallas. So being my dad, cause I was a Dallas Cowboy fan. I was a little kid, you know, so to see them guys have the energy, you know, and the people behind them and the team just playing at a different level this year, you know, it's, you know, it's fun. It's fun to watch. And there's so many people who are Dallas Cowboys fans that live in Pittsburgh and, you know, in Georgia and friggin' <laughs> it's crazy. LA. It's crazy. The America's team thing, you know? So, and, and yeah, it's one of the greatest franchises to have. Um, yeah. For me, I, I just, I, I'm not like an overly fan of any one team. I, I like the players and who works the hardest and who um, has swag, but is humble. You know, and who who really you know helps out the community and all that stuff like that. Those are the guys that they get my attention, and yeah, and I want to see them do the best. Like a lot of people hate Tom Brady, and I think he's amazing. I mean, and look at the year again he's having this year in that team. Like man, <laughs> that that that's another team out there that just is you know seems like they. With that, with the coaching staff and the, the team that's that Brady has under him is just amazing. Yep. You know, again, it comes down to work ethic and where see you go. Know, I'm I'm really excited to see the Cowboys have a year. Matter of fact, I'm going to be down there on the on the 20th. One of my good buddies, uh, Chris Randolph, does a big uh, he does a big um, uh, tailgate party, and they've already sold two thousand. <laughs> Uh, they're going against the Eagles, and that's a huge rivalry, you know, the uh, Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, but uh, they already got two thousand people for a tailgate. A tailgate. Party. Well, it's it's the, yeah, not just yeah. the Cowboys; it's the DDP is going to be there uh, as well. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But Dallas looks good early on. New England looks good. You know, the Rams, the Chiefs with Mahomes. It'll be fascinating to watch this play out. I know you've got to run. Diamond Dallas Page with me, the great wrestling career, but really a second career now with DDP Yoga. Tell the fans that are hearing you more about DDP Yoga, how to get a hold of it, because you are changing people's lives with this. No exaggeration. Tell us more. Go ahead. Um, you know, I'm actually working with a few of the players that in the NFL, not just the NFL alumni, we've got the you know partnership. And I don't even call I call it DDP Yoga. It'll always be DDP Yoga, but I'm actually branding everything now. DDPY. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga because right. it's not. You know, and, and you know, I'm working not with just the alumni players, you know, guys who have been through the ringer and, <laughs> and retired. I was actually in the airport coming in from uh, uh, New York. Uh, I just said, just flown into Atlanta and I ran into uh, Randall Godfrey, who played 12 years in the league. And he, and he's like, DDP, man, <laughs> I've been seeing your posts that you've had up on the NFL alumni on the emails, man. Yeah. I really need to do that, man. I need to try it, man. I go, 
dude, you don't need to try it. You need to do it. And I'm like, I will help you. So I literally talked to him today and, you know, I set him up with the app, our DDP yoga now app. And anybody wants to try it cost you nothing to try it. So when I eliminate, like it costs you nothing to try it. Like get it set get that for seven days for free. You know, go to your Google Play or, or iTunes and down it, download it and pull it up. I mean, people say, oh, man, it's got to be so hard. You do that. I'm 63, man, for starters, <laughs> like 63 years old. Now, I can run with anyone at 63, but my workouts literally start in bed. My bed flex workouts, so you can't get out of bed. I got three workouts for you in bed that'll help you get out of bed and sit in a chair. And I got eight workouts there, my chair force workouts. Then I got ones that are called stand strong, where you stand and you hold onto a chair and it helps you get up and down. It helps build balance. It helps. It just helps you from A to Z. And then it builds you to beginner, intermediate, all the way to psycho extreme stuff. But I've also got motivational Mondays every Monday. I've got cooking recipes. It's the only cooking shows you will see that are a hundred percent healthy, yep. like no GMOs, no gluten, no dairy. Like I eat, I eat like Tom Brady does. You want to know why Tom Brady is playing like he's 28 and he's 42. There's a reason it's how he takes care of his body. It's what the food he puts in his body. That's why he's had the insane run that he's had. He's constantly trying to heal himself. And that's what DDPY is all about. You know, um, Guys like uh, I got you know, a bunch of guys in the 49ers, got guys in the you know, Falcons. A lot of the guys are doing it, and it's helping them with injury prevention. And if you look at the WWE, everybody from AJ Styles to Chris Jericho in AEW are all doing my program. And that's why AJ Styles at 43 is running around like he's 23. I and love Chris it. Chris Jericho is going to turn 49 mm. on November 9th at his next big pay-per-view to AEW World Champion, and he's 49 <laughs> on his next big pay-per-view show. So again, all those guys give credit to DDPY, so go to DDPY.com. Check it out and you know do the app, the DVDs, whatever you want. It's all there. Uh, I'm looking at the website right now. Again, if you go to ddpy.com or ddpyoga.com, you can find out about the book, about the programs. This man does not look 63 when you're around him. He looks about 45, like he's talking about. Tremendous wrestling career. Great sports fan. I love talking football with you. You're a big basketball fan, too. We talked about that before as well, DDP. Uh, you're a big basketball I was, guy. I was a baller back. You were a ball. You were a baller, baller back in the day and a big time wrestler. Listen, a treat yeah. to have you here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Good luck with everything DDPY, and uh, and I love talking with you. Keep getting it done. Keep helping people out, changing people's lives. Thank you, sir. Hey, brother, it's been your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Has been a jam packed show, and I get the chance to break bread verbally here again, figuratively. Uh, with the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green is back with me as we partake in some more underdog prognostication as part of Three Dog Thursday. This man documented had the Pitt Panthers against UCF at home (laughs) 
as an underdog last week. Had Notre Dame as an underdog as well on his podcast on their show against the Georgia Bulldogs. So I'm anxious to hear where Sean is maybe leaning in college in the NFL coming up. Good to have you back, my friend. How are things? Awesome, man. Yeah, love uh, love being on the podcast. And yeah, I was like, oh man, I wish I would have been on last week. I could have, uh, you know, I was all over Pitt. Notre, Notre Dame in the points was my lock, and uh, had to sort that out a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a good play. And then uh, Pitt, we were uh, we were all over Pitt on the podcast. Loved it with the points, even a little sprinkle on the money line there. And it was just a uh, perfect spot for the great letdown. Spot. I mean, it shouldn't have been this head coach. If he would just be a little bit more aggressive, the guy loves kicking field goals. Even though they don't have a field goal kicker, <laughs> I, I think they could have had a chance to uh, beat Penn State last week. Well, right. I mean, they, they, they had problems down in the red zone and with the field goal and the missed kick against Penn State, but then they come back and left nothing to chance uh, on the on the fourth down play going for the trick play. Uh, throwing the ball to the quarterback on Pitt's special. you got to love that. He showed Narduzzi, the coach, showed some guts there going for that call. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. He finally <laughs> he finally gave up on his uh, goal line uh, field goals and just went for it. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a great way to uh, cover and win. That we, we thought that might have been the craziest game of the day because Pitt was up 21 nothing and then gave up 31 unanswered points and then came back to win on the trick play. So you have that game, but then the late-night snack in the Pac-12 was bananas crazy, was like a whole truckload of trail mix crazy with UCLA and Washington State. Sean, again, I've been doing this a long time. I'm older than you. I've been doing this in the media. I've been watching college football a long time. I don't know that I ever recall a team having 17 points on the road with six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter and finishing the game with 67 points later on to win like what UCLA did. That, that It was a blur oh. of craziness against Washington. It was almost like <laughs> arena football, as we said earlier in the podcast, whoever has it last, but it was incredible scoring by UCLA in a quarter and a half. It was insane, and, uh, you know, one of my big uh, plays coming into the season was just fading Chip Kelly, and it, it started off great. I was uh, 3-0 and ATS, even had San Diego State money line. That was a nice dog that was barking big for me, and uh, I was just going to do it again. Uh, big fan of uh, Mike Leach and Wazoo, and, oh, my God, I, uh, it was actually my anniversary dinner. So I, I had the wife, we went, out, we went out to dinner, I snuck a peek at the score uh, before we went out to eat, and, you know, they're up 18. I'm like, oh, this will be fine. Coach Leach will polish them off. I get home. I start watching the game, uh, you know, DVR'd it, and I'm just losing my mind. It was uh, – I, I hadn't seen anything like that. It was bizarre, crazy, and especially – it's one thing to have that, that kind of comeback period, but to do it on the road. Yeah. Uh, it was Wazoo's home opener, uh, first game in the uh, conference play. Didn't see any of that coming, so you know I give Chip Kelly and UCLA a hard time, but uh, kudos to them for pulling that game out. And the real question becomes, and I, I'm liking them for Three Dog Thursday, and we'll kind of segue it now into the picks, was that simply a, a, a bottled-up aberration for a quarter and a half where they unleashed 
but that's not who they really are? Or did they find something that this quarterback, um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, did he find something and start to click and mesh with his receivers and Chip Kelly's offense? And now that's going to translate in this Arizona game and in the subsequent games with Oregon State and with Stanford. Time will tell on that, but... Uh, I mean, you have to believe they're going to play with some confidence in this game, even if they're behind to Arizona. How can you not be confident after what you did last week? Just real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's interesting because as much as uh, Chip Kelly and UCLA has been a bet against team for me, uh, Sumlin is just I I have trouble backing him, especially as a uh, big favorite. And uh, one of my listeners hit me up with – one of these trends when it comes to, um, you know, a team winning on the road and then, uh, you know, in-conference play coming home against – or sorry, and then going on the road again against a team coming off the bye, it's actually been favorable for the road team. I think the home team has been covering only at like a 37% clip. Uh, so I do think there's actually some value there at UCLA, especially if you can get that 75 yeah, so that's a that's a very interesting underdog that I like a lot there just for Chip Kelly and the Bruins that maybe they did find something. Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe Arizona's going to roll them. But again, someone's <laughs> defense gave up a ton of points to Hawaii in the opener and again, a ton of points to Northern Arizona, 40 points plus in both games. Let's see if UCLA can score along those lines. Okay, so I kind of put that out there. You like a college underdog in the Big Ten. Which one and why uh, on your sports gambling podcast are you going with in college football here for Three Dog Thursday? What do you like? I'm all over uh, Maryland and the Terps. Big Friday night uh, game there. I, I mean, historically in college football, I love a night game where the you know where they're going to be the home dog. Uh, it's a big opportunity for them. You know. Maryland, Pennsylvania, kind of, uh, you know, rivals when it comes mm-hmm. to recruiting besides Big Ten. And, uh, you know, it's it's a chance for some of these Maryland players to kind of stick it to Penn State and show, hey, you missed out on us. And this is this feels like almost Maryland's uh, Super Bowl, right? It's a huge game. Friday night, uh, they're going to be jacked up. And uh, Penn State a little bit. I mean, you saw it in the pit game. They cut, And even in that first half of the Buffalo game, they're – there are definitely moments where they play down uh, to the competition. It's Penn State's first road game. I just think it's a great spot for Maryland, honestly. Well, and, and which team shows up here at home? They annihilate Syracuse, scoring 63 points, and then they lose at Temple, and now they've had a week off, the Maryland Terrapins. So time to find out which yeah. team it is here against Penn State, and you like it. You're on them seven points as an underdog here in this situation. Yeah, I do think that we're going to see something closer to uh, maybe not something crazy like uh, the Syracuse game, but I do think uh, there's certainly a live dog to win outright as well. Uh, you know, the time off maybe helped them a little bit uh, figure things out. That Temple game was kind of a tough spot, and uh, maybe they were reading their own press clippings a little bit too much. But I, this is just a good bounce-back situation for them at home, under the lights. Uh, I think they'll have a lot of fan support, and – it's just gonna. It's not going to be an easy game for Penn State. 
All right, so there's his college underdog. Again, Sean Green with me, the Sports Gambling Podcast. A very successful, very fun podcast that he does where they talk college and NFL football. And, and again, not just underdogs for these guys, much like our Winning Cures Everything guys. These guys talk favorites. They talk money lines. They talk under-overs uh, and all of that. And they've been doing it for years now. Um, and I'll let Sean plug away more on how you find their podcast in just a little bit. Uh, with that but again it's the it's the sports gambling podcast that you can find that's why we have him here um, he is gracious to come on share impart some underdog wisdom so let's go to the NFL where we've begun to establish some things uh, for example the New England Patriots still look like the New England Patriots uh, the Miami Dolphins horrifically have one touchdown I've <laughs> joked I've joked with other shows Dan Dan Marino had a career littered with 5,000 yard seasons and 40 yard touchdown, 40 touchdown pass seasons. The, the Miami Dolphins of 2019 have one touchdown in three games. These are not the Marino led Dolphins of the 80s and the 90s uh, to see this going on. So we, we've, we have established some things. Some teams are good. I mean, the, the Chiefs are obviously lethal on offense, Cowboys look good. Uh, the Rams on Sunday night last week look good. You're out in Los Angeles, Sean. So we, we've established some things. Do you do you have any overall thoughts before we get into an underdog or two about the first three weeks of the NFL season? What strikes you? A team that strikes you? A player like uh, maybe Mahomes or one of those that that's just uh, stood out? What what about it? Yeah, I mean Mahomes. It's just uh, it's just insane. I, you know, it's easy to fall into uh, the, the analytics and the regression models and. Oh my God, Mahomes, he's going to fall off. I wasn't really buying into the fall off hype, but I mean, this guy, it's really tough in the NFL to have back to back uh, MVPs. But how, I mean, it's only week three, but how do you not give it to Patrick Mahomes? He threw four, <laughs> four touchdown passes in a quarter. Even in the new passing league of the NFL, it's, uh, it's insane to throw four touchdowns in a quarter. And to get back to the Dolphins, I didn't think it was possible for an NFL team to tank, but, I mean, they're showing me you can. And I, I was pretty surprised to see how bad they were. And, and as a guy who likes to find value, normally you find a lot of value in the dogs, the big dogs. They, this Miami Dolphins team, they're breaking all the trends, all the analytics. Uh, they're so historically bad, it's tough to really uh, model anything off their games. Uh, so yeah, that's been that's been pretty comical. That that being said, I really am taking a look at Dolphins and the sixteen points against the Chargers, not just because of the Dolphins, but I'm not believing big in the Chargers. And you're out in L.A. They they now have back to back losses, including the home loss to the Texans. Again, Philip Rivers has not played well in any of the three games in the second half of the game. I think the Dolphins might be able to hang in with the Chargers here. I don't know that they can win, but that's a lot of points at home with Rosen. I don't know. Maybe you want to talk me out of it for 15 seconds here on Three Dog Thursday, <laughs> but maybe maybe the Dolphins can put something together here. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Well, the Chargers do find ways to screw things up. So if I had to predict the uh, the game, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know they do something that blows the cover late. I think I may just uh, – the Dolphins are in timeout right now for me. And I, I can't <laughs> – you, you can't uh, – you just got to put them in timeout. They've been bad, but, like, historically, comically bad. And, again, the uh, the Chargers, now there's talk that Melvin Gordon's going to report he's not going to play. 
this Sunday, uh, but possibly they'll get him back for next Sunday. But really, the guy they're missing on the offensive side of the ball is uh, Russell Okun, their left tackle. Not having him there, I mean, you got an old statue of a QB like uh, Philip Rivers. You need to have uh, Okun back. So if they get him back, uh, I think they're going to be in a uh, in a much better spot. But uh, yeah, I, I I think the Chargers' pass rush may create some opportunities uh, for turnovers. And again, Keenan Allen, you talk about guys who just don't get enough pub. I think Keenan Allen is definitely one of them. He's just, you know, I think he's on pace for like 154 catches or something insane. <laughs> and yet he's not, he's not talked about in those, uh, right. in, you know, in the top receivers. No, we don't, we don't mention him with the Julio Joneses or Michael Thomas of the Saints or, some of the some of the uh, the bigger name, uh, better known receivers right now in in pro football, Amari Cooper and what he's doing in Dallas. They're on the big stage every week. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see how it all uh, how it all plays out uh, with that Charger game. Okay, so where are you headed? Um, I, I think you're headed with a couple of Florida teams. You like you like two Florida road dogs, including the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have all the soap opera drama with Jalen Ramsey. Is it the flu? <laughs> My back hurts. Uh, baby, baby, mama's gonna have the baby, and now I'm I'm on leave. I don't have to play in the game with the Broncos. Are they gonna trade me? But you still like the Jaguars off that Thursday night win last week, going to Denver on Three Dog Thursday. What's up? I do, I do. And uh, don't forget, Jalen Ramsey also apparently has a hamstring issue uh, amongst those other three issues. Now, if the, if the Broncos had more of a dynamic passing attack, I think you would notice uh, Jalen Ramsey not being there more. But to me, this, uh, this Jaguars defense kind of came alive uh, last Thursday at home against the Tennessee Titans. They're coming off long rest. I think, which will really help them. Gardner Minshew has kind of uh, rallied the troops, seems uh, super capable as a quarterback. But uh, Calais Campbell, that guy is just playing out of his mind. And you look at the Denver Broncos, why are they struggling? Similar reasons why the the, uh, Chargers are struggling. Poor tackle play with an old quarterback is a bad formula. Uh, I don't know how I don't I don't know how Bowles is still uh, starting a tackle for them. He's racking up holding penalties after holding penalties. They got Philip Lindsay who's just running as hard as he can, but uh, the NFL you got to be able to throw the ball a little bit. I think the uh the Jags got a little swagger uh, with that home win against the Titans and uh I think they're going to come in and be Super competitive. I know there's some three and a halfs out there with uh, Jalen Ramsey seemingly not playing. So if you can get three and a half uh, against this Broncos team, which is just flat out struggled, zero sacks for the Denver Broncos. I know going into the season, I thought, oh, Vic Fangio defense, oh, yeah. Don Miller, yes. Bradley yeah. Chubb, there it yes. is. Zero sacks. I have the same amount of sacks as the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Well, and will Minshew get rattled by the loud noise? Can that pass rush finally get to him? We'll find out. Is Jalen Ramsey going to get abducted by aliens so he can't play anymore? We don't know <laughs> what the story is uh, in Jacksonville, but you still like the Jaguars. Let's see. Let's see uh, what yeah. happens. Yep. And you're you're saving one more underdog here, and I am headed to Tinseltown with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers to take on those Los Angeles Rams, the defending NFC champs, the unbeaten 3-0 Rams, the seemingly invincible Rams. And you're saying, hold the phone, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, go Bucks. You like the Buccaneers and the points here. 
Tell tell me why you're liking the pewter in red here. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the uh, the number's a bit high uh, for this Rams team, and and the Rams are three and zero. They're three and zero ATS, and again, it's the it's the NFL. So when a team is three and zero against the spread, inherently there's there's gonna be a little value uh, baked into that. And the Bucks, everyone saw the Bucks, you know, uh, be got hit by the Daniel Jones hype train. They unfortunately missed that uh, last second mm. field goal, which would have been great because I got the Bucks to win the division at plus fifteen hundred. So still holding out hope for that. But I, I think Jameis has as I mean he's. You got Mike Evans involved. I think uh, I think there's going to be some passing plays uh, available for them. But again, I, I like uh, the Bucks' pass rush against the the Rams' offensive line has quietly struggled a little bit. And if you look at this Rams team, it's not they haven't really dominated anyone. Jared Goff has just kind of looked okay. Uh, I mean, even in that Sunday night game, the Rams were my lock against the the Browns. It was more a play against the Browns than a play on the Rams. But, I mean, Goff threw that pick uh, late, basically trying to give them the game. I, I just think this Bucks, it's, uh, this Bucks team is undervalued. Uh, nine, and you can probably even find some tens there if you – if you dig a little bit, uh, I just think it's a little high for this Bucks team. Well, and, and very similarly, after a bad Week 1 ending against the 49ers at home, go on the road on the short week with everybody saying, oh, Carolina probably bops them, and it's a touchdown spread in that one, and the Bucks win the game outright. Uh, now you come home, you lose, as you mentioned, to the rookie quarterback. Everybody's all oh, giving up on, on Tampa Bay, having to go out of the West Coast <laughs> to play the Rams. Maybe they do hang in. Maybe that will be the case. So you're going to take them uh, plus the nine. Very, very interesting. And I'll get one more opinion from you, not that you have to go with either of these home underdogs, but it is very interesting that earlier in the podcast, colleague Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast likes the Detroit Lions at home with Kansas City. Likewise, the Saints in the Sunday night game at home as an underdog with Dallas. Do you subscribe to the TJ theory that one of these two teams, Kansas City or Dallas, is due here in week four to play a clunker game where they have turnovers, where they have mistakes, and the and the uh, home dog hangs in? You buying that on Kansas City and or Dallas in these two situations? Uh I think of those two, I'd have to lean the Saints. But the, here's the issue with the Saints. The Saints really looked good, and it was because of a uh, you know, special teams touchdown. They kind of got some the right breaks. Uh, I think Dallas has the uh, the better chance to lose of those two teams. And Kansas City, I mean, again, I, I, I could see someone building a case for the Detroit Lions, but I'm not going to get cute. Right now, I'm just going to keep laying the Kansas City Chiefs, whatever number they hang on it, uh, until, the, until the Chiefs get into the playoffs and then Andy Reid playoff uh, comes into, uh, into effect there. But, <laughs> I mean, this Detroit team, again, they haven't lost, but they're kind of like uh, the Rams to me where they, they're undefeated, but there's certainly been some flaws. Uh, again, that Chargers game – they didn't look amazing. They tried to give the Chargers a game. They got a couple of the right breaks at the right time. And same thing uh, with the Eagles game. They they should have won that game by a lot more. They they even gave up a blocked field goal at the end there. Like The, the Lions tried to give that game away. Uh, I just think, especially if uh, Slay is out, and it looks like he's not on pace to uh, play, uh, 
Give me Patrick Mahomes in a controlled environment. I think he's just going to pick that Lions defense apart. Maybe. So I think that one's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, gun to my head, I would take the Saints of those two. But, yeah. Well, um, but, I, I mean, again, yeah. uh, it's the NFL, and from week to week, who knows? We've been talking about this already, that you know everybody yeah. was giving up the Saints for dead with Drew Brees' thumb injured and Teddy Bridgewater having to take over. They play at Seattle last week. Everybody's lick, you know, licking their chops on the Seahawks at home in that situation, and the Saints dominated them. Don't let the final score fool you. I mean, even, even Russell Wilson got a touchdown on the final play of the game with no time left to dress it up. Yeah. But the Saints dominated that game. It just shows you in the NFL you don't know week to week. Because now everybody's talking about, oh, if the Saints find a way against the Cowboys, they're going to be just fine before Breeze gets back. So let's see what the Sunday night yeah, game and, and, looks like as well. Go ahead, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you don't want to, regardless of who's quarterback, you don't want to have to play in New Orleans a night game because that place will be rocking. And, uh, again, the Cowboys, like this feels like their first game, right? Because they've – they went up, uh, they played the Eli Manning-led Giants. Uh, then they had the Redskins, and then they just had the Dolphins at home. Like, they could definitely fall into that trap of uh, buying their own hype, reading their own press clippings. This really isn't a must-win game for the Dallas Cowboys, but the Saints, on the other hand, uh, you know, they got kind of behind the eight ball there, um, losing Breeze. So I think they're definitely going to get up for this game. And, uh, you know, Cam Jordan on the defensive line, that guy's been a beast, so – uh, he gets a couple sacks, a couple turnovers. It could get interesting. Well, this guy is definitely interesting. It's the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green, Sean T. Green on uh, Twitter. Love his insight. Uh, plug away on how we find your podcast, how we find your show. You guys do a great job, uh, not just with underdogs, but picking the favorites, picking the totals, etc. Give the audience here on Three Dog Thursday the plug on where they find more on the Sports Gambling Podcast, sir. Yeah, just check us out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, on Twitter. We're at Gambling Podcast. And then uh, been doing a bunch of fun stuff on Instagram, which it's also a Sports Gambling Podcast. So just throw that into Google and you'll find us. Find these guys. Go give them a listen. They're out with multiple podcasts every week, giving the insight. Uh, Sean Green, good luck with the underdogs. Maryland Terrapins, Fear the Turtle. Fear the Ramsey-less Jags at mile high, and also my Buccaneers. I'm coming out to L.A. There's a nasty rumor that I may get together with you out in L.A., uh, and, and we get to see each other a little bit before Bucks and Rams this weekend. Let's see if we can make that happen. But I love having you on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Good luck with the underdogs here. Good luck with all your picks. I appreciate it. Awesome, TJ. I always appreciate it. And there we go. We've had a boatload of fun with all of these different guests. My thanks again, Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast, Tony Bruno of the Tony Bruno Show, and uh, and Bruno Show Live on Twitch, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, the wrestling great, talking some football and DDP yoga. Uh, love, uh, love talking with him whenever I get a chance to catch up with him. Glad his voice is doing better. And also Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Check those guys out as well uh, for making all their gambling predictions with their underdogs. 
Again, I'm going to go with three of them. I like the Florida State Seminoles in the matchup with NC State. NC State having covered in the last three meetings with FSU. This game in Tallahassee, ACC game. I like NC State. I'm not sold on Florida State being all the way back as of yet. So I like that one as an underdog. You've heard me allude to UCLA and Arizona. I'll take Chip Kelly and the Bruins and the points at Kevin Sumlin's Arizona team. Should be a wild score fest late night, Saturday night in the Pac-12. Give me UCLA. And for this weekend on Sunday, I will go New Orleans Saints Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Should be a wild game in the Dome. The Saints an excellent defense. Is this a game where Dak Prescott throws a couple of interceptions? Saints are going to be able to score some points. Bridgewater in it. Backup quarterback. Kamara's going to run it. Uh, Alvin Kamara can do a great job on the ground. I look for him to have a big game. Give me New Orleans. The two and a half or three points by the time that Sunday night gets here. I'll take them as my underdog. Again, I'm headed out to L.A. with the Buccaneers. Bucks getting nine against the Rams. I'll stay away from that, but I'll root the Bucks on. Let's see how it goes for the Bucks in the matchup uh, with the Rams. Enjoy all the college football and all the NFL. One more time again, subscribe to this podcast. Whether you found us through Red Circle Podcasting, whether you found us through 3DogThursday.com or social media, subscribe to this podcast. It'll come automatically to you uh, through iTunes, through Google Podcasts, Spotify, Uh, Stitcher. It comes automatically to you on Thursday whenever the new podcast is up by subscribing. And we look forward to having many, many of you find us and interact on social media as well. You can find us on Twitter at 3Dog Thursday. Find us online, 3DogThursday.com and subscribe to the show. That'll do it. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy all of the college and NFL action as we look forward to seeing what these underdogs will or won't do. And we're back next week. It'll be October next week. Will it be Locktober next week with the underdogs on 3Dog Thursday? Day. Bye.